What's up? It is Watar. I'm here doing a podcast. This one's a solo pod. After a flurry of interviews, guys, we are on a drive to move people toward becoming one of our besties by becoming a recurring donor. We're trying to get 50 starting this very day, 50 before the end of the year. You're like, we could do that. And I'm like, yes, we can. Now the podcast. Today, this quasi-historian founder guy asked the question, what, what is the world? And then, because when the word is used that way today, the next thought is, can it be saved? We're going to do a multi-part podcast about this. What is the world? And though it appears that this topic is deep, philosophical, perhaps never-ending in its depth, I can assure you that it's not because I found the answer. I found the exact answer and I found it in almost two clicks on the interwebs. And now I'm giving you the answer. Ladies and gentlemen, the answer to the question, what is the world? I offer you a song. It's exciting. The Blue Marble. If you're looking right now, you're seeing a blue marble and you're seeing something like bad graphics from the 1980s. And you're hearing, well, you're hearing the sound of cheese. Uh-oh. Yeah, there comes a time when you answer a hard question. What is the world? If you're young, you only know these people as annoyingly old. There's Paul Simon, come on. Uh-oh. Look at that's Kenny Rogers. Is he dead? I feel like he's dead. I don't hope him to be dead. Uh oh, I don't know who this is. Is this? I feel like I don't know who that is. But this. Tina Turner. Tina's legs. Come on. And then there's Billy Joel, whose nose. He was recently in a fight? Oh, and there's our answer. We are the world. We are the world. And if you are wondering if you're choosing, you are, and you're choosing to save your own life. We are the world. And now I want to show you that it was such a good answer to the question, we are the world, what is the world, that they made it again. And this time, for some reason, they added Lil Wayne. Here's what happened when Haiti had an earthquake. Uh oh they brought Michael Jackson back to life, first of all, that. And then they added Usher. Uh-oh. And then they added a French woman screaming into the mic. And I think that was actually like, oh, Lord, Fergie. Her lips are abnormally large. These people, look at them. And now there's some Haitian kids because there's got to be Haitian kids. Flies on facey Haitian kids. 
These cats raised $60 million, man. Guys, as much as it seems I hate that, I like it. I like it. Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie, they wrote it. They set out to answer the question of today's podcast. What is the world? And the answer is we are the world. And I think by the end of this five-part extravaganza, you guys are going to be like, I think they might be right. Let's just do a second on Flat Earth for a second. Because you're probably like, well, he's not getting to the answer. I did already. I answered it completely and utterly. We are the world. And by the way, I think it might be the answer. But anyway, Flat Earthers. So this is interesting. Old worlders, if you tune into this pod, you know, old world, new world, before the Enlightenment, after the Enlightenment. Old worlders were flat worlders. Norse cosmology, the flat Earth was a plane encircled by an ocean, and in the middle was a tree mm, or a pillar at the center. In India, some sacred texts, they describe the planet as a series of stacked flat disks. Others describe it as a horizontal wheel set on a vertical axle. In China, they were teaching stuff like this all the way into the 1800s. The world was flat. And is flat for old worlders. But here's the thing. After a series of very scientific queries by a researcher named me, here's one definition of what is meant by flat earthers when they say the world is flat. A flat earther, after aggregating all of the internet into my brain, this is basically what they say. The world is flat because that is how we humans experience it. Bam. Regular old people with no rocket ships and bad math habits experience the world as flat with curves called mountains. That's basically what they're arguing. And my deeply rational and scientific research shows me that this is what new worlders say to argue against weird flat earthers. Here's a new world argument. Hey, flat earthers. The scientists say, you are kind of simple and you believe in irrational things like God. That's pretty much a direct quote from the New Britannica Encyclopedia. Someone's going, no, it's not. I'm tuning in for the first time and I find you very sarcastic. I get it. I'm telling you, you can go look and read it yourself. But I am condensing. And I'm turning in a lot of words into just the true words. You don't have to read the New World Britannica Encyclopedia because I just read it for you. Let's put it like that. Here's the second thing. New worlders, new world scientific materialists basically argue in, when you aggregate the, the interwebs. They basically argue, hey, flat earthers, um, you, you argue that atheism is a religion. And that atheists use pseudoscience, things like evolution, the Big Bang, and the round earth. And you argue that new worlders like us do that to sway people away from God. That doesn't prove the world is flat. It just proves that you have irrational beliefs. In other words, stop being crazy. Here's another thing that flat earth, or sorry, that light people argue when they argue against flat earthers. Now, again, what's, what are we doing here? What is the world? Well, I'm going to show you next week that 
scientific materialists are going to tell you it's a blue marble floating through space. Then there's this flat earth people that basically operate on some kind of crazy metaphysics. And they actually believe the materiality of it backs up their metaphysics. And so I'm trying to get into that conversation just as a tease. But here's a final argument made by new world scientists, generally atheistic types, when they are confronted with flat earthers. They basically make this argument. Hey, guys, if you go up in a spaceship, you can see uh, that shit is round, bro. <laughs> Duh, because we saw it from a spaceship. It's round, which if you think about it, it's pretty convincing. <laughs> like at that point, you're like, huh, if you think there was a spaceship and that it went up into space, which a lot of people don't. Yikes. This what is the world question is hard. Is the world just a round Marble floating in a sea of nothingness. Let's end this pod before we get to all the other ones, all the other fun things. Let's end it with some etymology. You want to? Etymology, the history of a word. The English word we think for the world comes from the Old English, world. Guys, English word, world comes from the Old English, Wetterwold. The Old English is apparently something like a reflexive of the common Germanic Weraldese, which is a compound word. Weras is man and Aldese is age. So Weraldese led to the Frisian Warald, the Old Saxon Werold, the Old Dutch Werolt the High German Werat, and the Old Norse Verold. And so, if we take Weraldes as something like the originator of all this, we can translate, as per English, that the world comes from the concept of the age of man. The world's not a place. It's an epic. So if you correspond this and look into the Latin, the Latin word for world is mundus, which literally sort of means clean and elegant, which itself is sort of taken from the Greek word cosmos, which means an orderly, elegant arrangement. So in this way, Europeans from both East and West have two basic approaches to the concept of world. One is something like an age, and the other is something like order. The world is an age of order. Whoa. That will also help us on this podcast, Odyssey, on this walk through the magnificence of Gnosis. We've begun. I want you to tune back in, so... We've toddled through a little bit of information to get us to a lot more. And if you just step back, you can see that there's the blue marble floating through sky definition. And then there's this other 
weird metaphysical dis- definition that the flat earthers sort of go by, although they also weirdly decide to also use light people math to prove flatness, which seems not a good idea to me. But anyway, you basically see that there's this conversation that the world is a blue marble versus the world is an epic, an age of order. And next week, we're going to take a look at how the flat theory was overcome by the round theory. After that, we're going to take a look at how philosophy approached this and cosmology, Plato, Aristotle, the Neoplatonist, John Verveke. I'm trying to get him to come on. John Verveke and the Neoplatonists, what they thought. After that, we'll do history. How did the monotheists deal with the flat earth and integrate it into things like Islam and Judaism? And then, of course, we'll end with orthodoxy. The East, the ancient Christians who live and walk among us. <laughs> so weird. It's like, hey, they still have those around? That's right. We'll end by looking at St. Basil the Great, St. Maximus. We'll take a look at human, human image, world image by Philip Sherrard, who basically is the author of this podcast. He just keeps coming out through my eyes, through my brain. Before we go, should we do the song that inspired the song? They were all responding to an Ethiopian East African crisis there was a famine going on. And so everyone started writing songs. Everyone here being famous people with bad hair. And aid became a thing. And so did saving the world. That also became a thing. And I really do think it became a thing right about here. When I was this young, dorky dude, and I was like, wow. So, and young people, by the way, when I play this song, you really should watch this because it really is like, the origin story of saving the world. Ladies and gentlemen, the song that inspired the song. The English people who inspired the American people. Really just one people who set out to save the world. Ladies and gentlemen, for your listening enjoyment, I offer you the worst song ever written. There it is. Band-Aid brings you... Do they know it's Christmas? They're sting. It's Christmas time. Of course it is. There's no need to be afraid. I'm not too scared time, of Christmas. We let in light and we banish shame. We let in light and we banish oh we banish shame. And then they show us Boy George. This is hot. Like, not like that, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah! Wham! Let's say a prayer to pray for the other ones. By the way, there's a lot of othering in this song. All of these people, all of them will be put in public stocks at this moment in time. In America. Like... Like Sting's going, why was I a Nazi for a day? I wish I could have avoided this. But it seemed good at the time. Ooh. 
That's that's Bono, by the way. Tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. Someone wrote that line and raised a hundred million dollars. These English guys crack me up. Either people were much less fat than, or everyone was on heroin. I can't decide. And clearly the sun, this is not something that comes out in England. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Ladies and gentlemen, here's to you, raise a glass for everyone. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Guys, I love you. This is white people singing to black people and asking if they know it's Christmas time. Why did this happen? It happened so we could do a podcast all these years later. Support First Things. Come back and listen to our podcast, What is the World? It is a fascinating conversation. Love and peace. See you next week on Water.